0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to The Way Station. To ensure traveler safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The Way Station encourages open discussions. All stories are also accepted. Rest from your journey through life. Enjoy your stay, and please come again. Welcome to the Way Station. I'm your host Stephanie, again without Megan, but we're working on that. She'll be in the next session of recordings. We miss you, Megan. Um today, I have a special guest on the show. we're We're kind of to we're we're doing a something a little bit different today, which I'm always up for. Um my guest here is Avery, and I actually met you uh, at Motor City Comic-Con.
1: You did. I was, I sat in at your panel.
0: I know. And it's kind of weird how people, that's, I've met a lot of people that way, like through panels or meeting them at conventions. And uh, it, we've became friends online and I've kind of been, I'm like watching your Instagram and like seeing, and your dogs are so cute, by the way. I'm just throwing that out
1: there. <laughs> Thank you. They're a handful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they always, and they're so worth it though, right? Yes.
1: Yes, they are.
0: <laughs> um, But I was getting ready to record some shows and, um, you know, it sounded like you, you were ready to, to speak up and, and share like what's going on with you and your life and, and what matters to you. And so that's what we're doing today. We're going a little off script. We're not talking about indie comics. We're talking about something that does definitely concern a lot of our family here in indie comics. So, um, this is not just uh, a niche issue. It affects It affects the world. Um, So we're going to be talking about, do you want to talk about maybe, is it trans rights or just kind of advocacy?
1: Basically, just like advocacy and like speaking up, um, trans rights is a big thing uh, considering everybody has their own perception on it. And the way uh, society views a trans individual as a whole is just getting to be a bit ridiculous from like the military ban to Trying to penalize doctors on a federal level for prescribing hormone blockers to children. It just, it's just getting a little out of hand. And I just, I couldn't sit idly by, I guess, anymore.
0: Right. One, you've recently, um, I mean, you just had um, surgery.
1: I did. I just had top surgery um, about three and a half weeks ago.
0: And I mean, that's a huge. Like, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of friends who've gone through it and I think one of the beautiful things about it is it allows a person to really feel more like the person that they are and that who they've always been. Um, and I know it's not an easy surgery. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty tough and, it's, it's hard on the body because, <laughs> you know, anything, you know, any type of surgery is hard on the body, but that is a it's a tough surgery. Um, yeah, I mean, how are you feeling? Are you healing good?
1: I am actually healing well. Um, my nerves did wake up faster than everybody expected. So wow. um, unlike several trans males, um, I have full sensation across my chest already. Wow. Uh, they had to actually put me back on like a um, nerve block muscle relaxer because uh, I my whole chest woke up like nine days post-op and I could feel everything. Oh, my gosh. So like day day one through seven when the, everybody's like, oh, you're going to be in so much pain. You're going to be in so much pain. Mine was manageable with Tylenol. And at night I would take a Narco to sleep just because like the the drains that I had in, they were a little uncomfortable. But I didn't need my narco that they prescribed me 24-7, basically. So, Right. And then, like, day nine, like, everything in my body, like, upper body started spazzing and freaking out. So I, like, called my surgeon. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, I can feel everything. He's like, no, you can't. I was like, yes. Trust me. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: I know what I'm feeling here. <laughs> well, and for you, I mean, and, and I— th- You know, and you tell me if I if I ask something that's too personal or whatever, you just say, I would not like to answer that. And that's totally fine by me. Um, I mean, how long have you been on this journey?
1: Um, Well, I guess probably since I actually came out the first time, because I I came out when I was like 19. I, I told my parents that I was a lesbian and I was like. You know, whatever. Try to try to like navigate that boat, and something with it just never felt right. And then I was like, well, maybe maybe I'm gender neutral. And then I was like, uh, no. So then, when I was 28, I finally was like, no, this makes so much sense. I actually um, met somebody um, through a video of him and his wife. It was all about his transition. And something, something clicked and I like reached out and I talked to them. Um, his name's Aiden and his wife's name's Heather. And it actually gave me the courage to even tell my fiance that, Hey, I think I'm trans. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. So I had her watch the video about all about his transition and about their relationship and things. And they've actually been a huge support system for me and they awesome. they live in like Austin, Texas, I think. So
0: So it was like it was like kind of a progression, like in, yeah. like just continuously kind of figuring new things out about yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um and I mean, today today actually marks my 6 months on uh testosterone. So
0: And how has that experience been for you?
1: Um very enlightening. Um I I understand a lot now. Oh, uh, I feel bad for giving my brother so much crap when he was younger, because, <laughs> <laughs> because the the there's you have to basically relearn your emotions. Like the way the way uh, females process emotions versus the way males process emotion are completely different. And like everybody's like, oh, you're you're gonna like get super mad and like whatever. And I, but I didn't really experience that because my doctor put me on like a low dose and like progressed up but the first time I got mad like I was like I have I I, like went to my manager I was like I need to go home (laughs) 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 they were like why I was like because I I was like I need to go home I I can't do this right now I I have to leave please let me go home and thankfully like my work's very accepting and very like understanding to all of that and it was like from the first time that I went from like a 0.25 dose to like even a 0.3 dose of testosterone, like that, that's when it happened. Like something happened that just snapped at work, and I was like, I'm going to lose my shit. I got to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, and, I mean, like any type of like hormone therapy, it's going to affect people differently. And it Mm -hmm. depends, again, like how you're how you're being dosed, you know, how frequently how large the dosage uh, is. And so it's nice to work somewhere that is like respectful and understands like I'm going through something here. Yeah. (laughs) Just let me take a step back for a minute. (laughs) I I need to go like I need to go get my head right. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um. And so then you started on uh, testosterone. You said six months ago, and mm-hmm. you've had your surgery. It's been almost. It's been about uh, four weeks. Yeah. Getting there, okay. And um, and you've been with your fiance now for how long? It's because I know you. I saw uh, something about your anniversary or something on. Oh your
1: Instagram. yeah, um, our two-year engagement anniversary was. Um, I feel so bad for her. It was like five days after my surgery, so like Aww. I couldn't do anything, <laughs> so. Um, but she's been great. Uh, we were together a year before that, so roughly about three years. And she's
0: so, so she's been th- like with you through all of that. Yeah,
1: she's been with me through all of it. Through talking to my parents, through my name change, and that process varies from state to state. Some are easy, some are hard. So uh,
0: Yeah. Um I, I just had a friend who she's from Michigan too, but I forget which county she's in and she said like it was the most trouble she had. Uh it was one of the hardest things was getting her name changed and all the hoops you have to jump through and I don't understand why everything has to be made so difficult. I, I really don't understand that personally, but then again, I like things easy all across the board and I just wish it was that way for everyone but you know.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely Ugh. I second that one. Thankfully, um I was born and raised in Ohio, so I have yet to change my Ohio residency. Um so I was able to go to the county I was born in and nice. file I literally drove down filed all the paperwork I needed to file the court filed my um newspaper article which I don't understand why that has to run for a month, but it has to run for a month. And then I had to go back to court a month and a half after I went and filed the papers, and I was in and out of the courthouse in under 10 minutes. So, it like I said, it depends on the county and it depends on the state. Yeah. I know that Michigan has a lot harder of a process, and I've had friends that have had to have actual lawyers.
0: That's so frustrating. <laughs> I bet I you know the government is frustrating. Well, and you were just talking about, and it, this is stuff that's been you know showing up in the news lately about um, you know the military ban, um, and these are issues that that affect people on levels that they can't. People who aren't trans or who aren't you know LGBTQ plus, like they can't understand like how these types of like litigation and, and laws are. Like harming people and causing people's lives to be more difficult when it's really just somebody being stupid and bigoted is ultimately what it comes down to. Um, for people, because I, I think that there's a lot of people that just, and I don't, I hate using the word ignorant, but it's just the best word because they just don't know. Um, and sometimes that's it. I think sometimes people just need to educate themselves. And when they do, they can put themselves in somebody else's shoes and go, okay, I can understand. Now I have that empathy. So when you see stuff like this, you know, going on, like on a state or a federal level, I mean, I guess explain to uh, the listeners like what, like how this affects the community. I mean, I mean, at least from your
1: from my perspective, yeah, from at least. your perspective. Yeah. So you're not wrong. I really feel like it's ignorance. But like, again, it's society as a whole. But I mean. They don't teach anything LGBTQ related anywhere in the school system. So, uh, for the older generations, they they never had it. So it's a learning curve for them. Though we've been around for the end of time since the end of time, but like right, uh, it wasn't as prevalently talked about. So you have people that want to fight for your country or that are already fighting for your country that have all these laws that came about about them specifically and the military definitely has a long way to come in that aspect like they're oh this is going to cost us too much money that this and that well nobody that is trans really has that many costs other than like there surgeries and things like that, and if you're active duty, you're not going to step aside and have those surgeries until you're not active duty. Right. I mean, monthly hormones are a thing, but if you're going to provide birth control for women, I don't understand the difference between making sure that they have access to, which technically is a hormone, yep. they have access <laughs> to hormones— the entire time they're enlisted and I was in the military in 2008 I know that you have access to hormones that was one of the first things they did when you got to boot camp was oh hey you're going on birth control so i mean yeah i have to have a weekly injection in my leg but there's other options like i could have a gel if i needed to and there i mean i know that there are several options for uh Male to female transition as well, so I mean, cost efficiently that they're trying to say that that it doesn't, it, it's not there, and it's just it it is. You're just right. You're just not educating yourself on the subject matter because it makes you uncomfortable, and it looks worse for like our youth. Like that's that's the main thing. Like, and then now. All these states that are trying to criminalize doctors for treating youth, what people don't understand is most states, like most states, nobody under the age of 18 is allowed to, is allowed to start hormones. What they do do is give them a hormone blocker. The only negative side effect, and it's not even a guaranteed negative side effect, is there's a possibility that it it could cause like bone density. But... They're also not operating on children. In some instances, some children with parental consent and not a whole lot of trans kids have parents that are consenting to this anyways because of the lack of education. So you have them trying to find other ways of going about their transition that are more dangerous. And like, You're going to have kids going back to the streets looking for hormones at, like, 11 and 12 when that's going to be more detrimental than having a doctor who's going to prescribe a hormone blocker. So they're not going to go through a puberty that they don't want to experience. And there's no state that does genital surgery on anybody under the age of 18. And in a rare instance, a child might be able to, after years of therapy... And again, with parental consent, have top surgery, but that's like one in a million probably.
0: Right. It's not it's not common. It's not something that should be like feared as something, you know, that's going to be happening like left and right.
1: Right. Like my 15 year old little sister can't walk into CVS one day and be like, hey, I saw this thing on the news and it sounds cool. Can I have some testosterone? Right. It's It's not And. That's the thing, like, everybody wants to—as soon as it becomes anything about being transgendered or homosexuality, the child's automatically too young to understand. But a six-year-old can come home from school and tell you they have a crush on the opposite gender, and it's completely fine because it's normal.
0: Right. It's it's what—yeah, like, if you're a boy, you're supposed to like girls, and vice versa. If you If you're born a boy, you're a boy. If you're born a girl, you're a girl. Like, that's just— the mindset that people have been in for so long. And unfortunately, again, I think it just comes back to ignorance is just there's so much that people don't understand or don't know because they, they choose to ignore it because it doesn't fit into their worldview. And I think, again, the more that people have conversations and try to understand each other and realize it's just people trying to live their best lives and be happy and it doesn't take away anything from anybody else, Um, you know, it's... I think once people have that understanding and that empathy that it's going to heal, like a lot of families, a lot of friendships, a lot of, you know, the things that we see going on, um, you know, in the government. I think that there would be a big healing if we just let education and empathy rule. But unfortunately, I feel like that's like asking for somebody to give me a million dollars. You know what uh, I mean?
1: Right, it, yeah.
0: People are people are tough. They're tough and they're stuck in their ways. But I think – I mean, how do you – like, I feel like a lot of strides have been – I mean, while there are – I constantly see things that are positive, but then I'm also seeing things that are negative. But I feel like we're coming into a time where more things are being talked about, mm-hmm. um, more of, you know, what being – LGTBQ plus means, like we're learning more about, um, sexuality and, and just who we are as people. And I think that more people are feeling comfortable with, at least in my experience, in my, the realm of people that I hang out with, they've, there's been a lot more people feeling comfortable coming out and they felt more supported. And a lot of my friends have done it at earlier ages than when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I, do you think that again, in your perception, do you think that that is true, or do you still think? I mean, obviously there are leaps and bounds to go, but do you think that things are progressing towards a positive place?
1: Slowly, slowly yes. Um, I feel like every two steps forward we take, the government helps us take one step backwards. So like it's it's like uh, give and take, but like we're we're gaining stride with that, and each year things do get do get more open and children are able to talk about things more and more and like what they're starting to understand is that sexuality and gender are two totally different things and I feel like that that in itself is a good thing and like it gives them the option of being able to like step back from themselves and be like oh well I was I'm a female but like I don't feel like I'm supposed to be a female. Like if I look back at my childhood, how I didn't see it is beyond me. But I grew up in the nineties. It wasn't really talked about. I also grew up in a very, very small town with probably twenty twenty churches in a five mile radius. Oh my goodness. In the in the heart a lot of, of churches. <laughs> yeah. In the heart of like Amish Country, Ohio. So like the first time I ever heard the word gay, I was eighteen and graduated from high school. So
0: that's wow. I mean, that's that sounds like so you were like really sheltered then.
1: Yeah, definitely. But like if I look back at it and like I know that kids have imagination and kids like pretend to do things all the time. But like everything, every possible time that I could do something that allowed me to present masculinely or like my my siblings and I used to play a game called like the three ninjas or whatever, based on like those really crappy karate movies when we were kids.
0: (laughs) I love those movies. They are (laughs) crappy, but they're amazing. (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly. But, like, I had every option to pick a female character every time, and I automatically always defaulted to wanting to be a guy and wanting to be a boy. And then when I was older and I realized, hey, I like girls, and starting to, like, realize things that, like, how I missed it when I was younger, like, if there would have been the education and everything, like that would have been fine. Like, I probably would have known a lot earlier what was going on instead of trying to shove myself into several different boxes and being where I'm at now. Like, I'm going to be 30 in a month. Like, I'm glad I'm finally, like, my authentic self, but I could have been here years ago.
0: Yeah. And, again, that's, you know, education. You know, letting (sighs) – When you say you grew up in a small town, there's 20 churches and, you know, like you didn't even hear the word like gay until you were like 18. That makes – to me, it just makes my heart sad because that's part of the world. That's part of – it's been part of the world forever. Like you were saying, it's Mm -hmm. not anything new and it makes me sad that there are communities out there that don't have this education and they don't have this knowledge because that's people – That just don't know something. And that bums me out. And again, in your situation, you didn't – you think that it would have probably been something you could have figured out sooner about yourself Mm -hmm. had you been educated on the subject instead of being, you know, basically in the dark because nobody talked about it. It wasn't a thing. (laughs) Well, I'm just hitting my mic around, guys. Don't (laughs) mind me. That'll get edited out. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, that's – I'm glad for you that you were finally able to to figure out who you are and you have a support system because I think that's so important. Um, you know, I one of my best friends growing up, when she came out to her parents, they disowned her and she was living in her car and I would sneak her into my house because my dad didn't like her and I would sneak her into my house at night so she had somewhere to sleep. She was 16 years old. You know what I mean? Like just seeing people abandoned. Yeah. It's heart- it's heartbreaking. And
1: <sighs> unfortunately for a lot of people inside the community, their family is not blood related. Most of my support system is not blood related. Um when I first came out, I went to a um church camp. Um most people would prefer to call it church camp, but what it is is it's conversion therapy. To um, oh my try to make you straight. Well, the problem with it was, was, yeah, I'm a trans male, but I was straight technically by their book. They just didn't want to educate themselves on gender or things like that. And it was hard, and I had a lot of resentment and a lot of hate towards my mom and my family at the time. Like... And it's still hard when I have to talk to them, but I know what their views are and where they stand, and whatever. So I avoid that mo- on most cases. Um, and a lot of states, it's it's illegal. It's getting passed more frequently that it's illegal, especially on minors. So that that's progress in the right direction.
0: Absolutely, no no child should ever fear being kicked out of their home for just being who they are. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I'm trying not to cry right now, but I'm a big sap. So (laughs) I'm, I literally, I probably am always trying not to cry. (laughs) Um, it was, it's, it's just, it, it, it's very sad. And, um, fortunately I was raised with education and empathy and, um, I think I'm very glad that you found people and your chosen family. I it, even in my life, my chosen family is way more supportive and way more there for me than most of my own family. So, your chosen family is so important.
1: My best friend's mom is absolutely phenomenal. Like it, it it's like I never lost a mom in the process.
0: That's awesome. Hi other mom. I I have I have a couple moms. I love having you know
1: I have a couple too, but uh Lisa Marks is probably she's she's amazing. Like she's going to do the mother son dance with me at my wedding and everything.
0: That is so adorable. I cannot I cannot wait for you guys to get married because I know I'm gonna get to see all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm on Instagram a lot. I, I love Instagram because I love I love seeing people's lives. I love and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about social media is I mean, yeah, we met at you know motor city but you you know when i posted about looking for people to come on like you reached out to me for that and i think that's really cool and like i already kind of had an idea about you know what was going on in your life because of social media and mm-hmm. i think it it's a really good way to connect people that are like minded or you know if you're looking for support or like whatever it's a good it, i mean granted there are people that you can find online that are not cool yeah. i'm not saying go make all your friends online people but what i am saying <laughs> is that it can be, it can be a good tool to, um, for people who are out there, um, who are, you know, trying to find their own answers for who they are to find other people that are going through these transitions. And, um, and like you, like you did, you mm-hmm. found, you know, somebody who had gone through an experience and you educated yourself on it and it, helps you to figure out who you were. And so I think, I think that, you know, where can people find you online? I know that you have an, ins- I don't know what you want to share. I don't want to, you know. Um, oh, if-
1: my Instagram, as soon as, as soon as I started my transition, when I started socially transitioning, I took it off private simply because like I am older. So I felt like it was probably beneficial, especially like with using hashtags of like transgender or F to M, like things like that for, our youth and people that needed somebody to be there to be able to like find them. So, um, I believe it's at Avery Reese, 23 okay uh, for Instagram. And then my Facebook is Avery Reese. So,
0: okay. And, um, I mean, if anybody wants, like, do you have like anything that you want to say to people that are listening? I mean, is there any like, fo- like, I don't, I don't even know what the word is. Like, is there any like, Anything that you want people to take from this conversation, I guess?
1: Um, That, like, each day, like, as long as you're living to be, like, your authentic self, even if you can't be out yet, know that there's those of us that are taking the steps so that it's safe for you to be out. And if you need or want to talk to somebody, there's always going to be somebody there to listen. My inbox is always open. I'll I'll gladly be there for somebody. I mean, that that's why I'm here today, like... I want it to be better for my generation, yes, but I want it to be better for our younger generation as well. Like, I have 12 siblings, and statistically, one in three is gay. There's 12 of us. Right. And I'm the oldest, so...
0: Yeah, it's like you do the math on that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you reached out to me, and like I said, this isn't normally what we talk about in this show, but... um. Again, like you know, I said to you, empathy and education are so important to me. And within, um, you know, the indie community, there's we have we, we have so many different LGBTQ plus people. Like, just we run the whole gamut. Um, oh, and definitely.
1: So, I went to I went to art college. Like, I went to the art institute. Uh, I, for the first time ever, walked into a room and wasn't in the minority. So.
0: Right. And it, so to me, this felt important. And I, like I said, I've been, you know, since I met you and we added each other on uh, social media and I've just been watching like how happy, um, you know, as you're transitioning and how happy that has made you and just reading your words and feeling encouraged, you know, by that. And just knowing that there are people out there that are that are willing to share that story and that it can help people. And I appreciate that you put yourself out there like that because. I know that there's, there's fear. You know? that, that
1: is the biggest thing. It's, it's fear. Um, and don't take me at my word for this because I didn't fact check my friend, but they they took it out of history books. Like What we see in history is um, how we got our, our land from the Native Americans, but the Native Americans believed in people that were three-spirited, which in society today would be either our non-binary friends or people that, w- that lived two-spirited, which were born one and meant to be the other. Mm-hmm. So Native Americans believed in them and they treated them like they were sacred.
0: And that is accurate. I do a history podcast and we discuss that on one of the shows. So that is That is absolutely accurate. And I, I, The one thing that we know about history is that it's written by the victors. And unfortunately, yeah. that's one of those things that got shushed under a rug. But yeah, yeah your basically. friend is a hundred percent accurate on that.
1: <laughs> As I say, I I didn't fact check them, but like I was I was having a really bad day one day, and they're like, "Look, like it's it's society. Like if they would just write history the way it's supposed to be, like it would be known from the start. Like look at our ancestors. Look at the people that we took land from. Like heck, look at Shakespeare's time. It wasn't a it wasn't frowned upon for." men to dress in women's clothing to put on plays and kiss other men like Mm -hmm. they did it ancient greece like they they were mostly gay men like they believed that women were for having children but that men were for pleasure and they Mm -hmm. thought that as long as they could make that sexual connection when they were on the battlefield with their the person next to them they had a better chance of surviving
0: yeah, I mean, history in and, and that's the, the sad thing is is that history gives us all these great examples and like proof of, you know, but somehow along the way it became um not normalized and that's what the issue is because it was what was once normal
1: is now taboo.
0: Right. And it so somewhere along the line it got shushed under a rug and now all of a sudden it's like we're acting like this is something new and we don't, you know, but right. it isn't. And it is normal. But you know whatever, <laughs> maybe not just like society, and I use thinker quotes because I don't believe in in the general uh like mother brain of society. I think that it's too ignorant, and I can't believe in it
1: <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah,
0: there's just, there's just not enough uh, knowledge there for me to believe in it, but um, thank you so much for coming on, Avery. I really appreciate it, and um, like I said, you know. Um, to anybody who's listening and has, you know, wants to reach out, you have Avery's information. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And, um, if you have any questions, uh, for me about this show or any previous shows, um, no, go to my website, stephaniemenard.com. Sorry. <laughs> I just got my brain all confused. Um, and so thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be back next week and, um, until next time, keep it indie guys. Oh, and be good to each other.